Yeah. Versace, Versace, Medusa head on me like I'm Numenati. This is a gated community. Please get the fuck up the property. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to uh, the Lads Corner here for episode six. Uh, it's just three of the lads again this week. Uh, unfortunately, we're uh, without Segs. I think he's actually taking the wife to a nice dinner uh, on top of the CN Tower there. So hopefully he enjoys himself and uh, he'll be back on Wednesday to get back with the boys. Um, but we got a lot of stuff to cover here. So uh, let's waste no time and get into her. Um, let's recap how the uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational has been. Uh, it's been pretty crazy, huh? Oh, I'm loving it right now. My guy, my pick is number one right now, Hovland. Wasn't too shabby start. I think he was dash three headed into today. Did dash six, now first place. Thanks for coming out. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of, uh, he's played good so far. I kind of missed his whole round this morning because it didn't air, but I guess he did good. <laughs> no, yeah, he uh, he actually did unreal. He was uh, six under on the day. Uh, he's nine under overall, sitting solely in first there. Um, he actually shot a 66 today. So, uh, so second, second lowest of the weekend, right? Because Rory was dash seven after yesterday's round. Yeah, and R- Rory actually stayed the same. He was uh, so he's even today. Well, he was he was even today. Yeah, he was nine under with Hovland uh, going in there to the end of the day, but uh, on the back nine there struggled a little bit on uh, fifteen and seventeen. Uh, finished with a seventy-two, so uh, he's sitting in sole possession a second. So Love it. You, you I know a, I know a couple uh, guys in their interviews after round one were complaining about the pin locations, eh? Yeah, um, I mean that's brutal. I've heard, I've heard it's a a tough course. Um, well, they don't they like don't trim the rough. They like get it ready for the weekend, then don't touch it. Yeah, it looks thick there. It's like terrible. you can see I, it. I watched, it turns it turns the club face so much. You can tell. Yeah, and I, I watched most of my guys round today, um, and I mean, who's you know, your guy again? Nakajima. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. He was he was actually close to uh, close to not making the cut. Um, I mean the cut was set uh, later on in the round to two over, um, but then it got moved to three over. But I mean he ended up finishing even on the day. Uh, had two birdies on the back nine there. Um, but yeah, he just looked like he struggled today. Um, I was watching him um, wrapped up not long ago, and something's wrong with his neck. I don't know if that's gonna affect him or you know. It's just a little strategy, you know, he was rattled at how he's playing. So, you know, keep people on their toes. But when I saw that, I was like, oh, fuck. I'm like, uh, you know, don't don't make it and then have to withdraw because, you know, yeah. I got a little wager with the boys here. So, but I mean, he made it through. Uh, Rory's in. Yeah, Bob quick shout out to Sags for that pick. I know. Unreal after yesterday. He's tied second. But I mean, with how Rory's been playing this year, I mean, I expected him to drop off a little bit, um, but I mean, for him to stick around and be right up there second going into Saturday and Sunday, it's going to be a tight finish for you two. Um, I mean, my guys needs a miracle, and unfor- unfortunately, Canes. Uh, yeah, speaking you're gonna, of you're uh, miss speaking, the cut. <laughs> speaking of speaking of missing the cut uh, for the second time in three weeks now, um, my tournament winner that I've picked uh, has not made the cut. <laughs> on the fucking Friday. Trunk slamming. It, it was bad. I mean, just, 
I don't know. Like I didn't, I haven't, I didn't watch any of it. I worked last two days, but yeah. Um, you know, he, so Straka won tournament last week and he uh-huh. comes in and, and shoots a plus six. Yeah. Like, it's, it's crazy. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. And then, yeah, and then yeah. my, my backup pick was Sergio. He's not doing <laughs> shit either. Although I'm pretty sure he did better today. I think he had, yeah, I think he's plus one right now. Yeah. So, I mean, compared to what he did but, yesterday, but I mean, yeah, Straka, I mean, shot a 70, <laughs> 76 on Thursday. Yeah, it's like me out there. Shot a 74 <laughs> today. Not, not great. But, um, I mean, you know, it'll it'll be a tight race for uh, Bradley and Segs there to see who comes out on top. I mean, I'm, I'm confident. Yeah, Kane, Kane, I was going to say, we haven't had an outright winner yet, but then I remembered Kane's won last week, so maybe we get <laughs> Maybe we get a back. To, maybe we get someone back, go back to back here and a uh, little bit to uh, brag about. Um, but I mean, you know, in other news, um, you know, a lot of crazy stuff happening in hockey. You know, upsets throughout the week. Um, real shocking to me. I mean, three big ones, and I mean, you know, <laughs> I've been ripping this guy for the last three podcasts, so I'll I'll wait till the end to talk about his performance this year. But um, I mean, you know. The Sabres and the Leafs on Wednesday night there. Uh, Leafs, first game back, full capacity. And at the end of it, they're getting booed off the ice. Uh, you know, that's, that's not how you want to do it, especially with the team that they're, you know, supposed to have and the numbers that they're supposed to be putting up this year. But, you know, save, kudos to the Sabres. I mean, you know, they put the puck on net and Morazic just looked like shit again. But I want to hear what you guys have to say about that game. Do you think nerves set in a bit? having the full capacity it should i don't think it should right i mean it shouldn't but like do you think they just got used to because like in america well, they still attack stadiums right yeah well and, and their goaltending situation if that's what you're talking about is, has been no, i just meant having uh, fans back if they got nervous been, it, yeah but i mean like their goalie situation has been bad for a couple weeks now it's not just uh you know uh jitters now that we've got full capacity limits back um back here in Ontario yeah but I mean yeah I thought I thought Craig Anderson played great for buff I think he said like four breakaways three or four breakaways yeah he looked really good yeah, I forgot he was on Buffalo on the other hand Sandine played horrendous in his own zone yeah like I think three of the four goals were him fucking up or I think they were on broken plays so it's kind of hard for Morazic to adapt but as well it's like He's not playing with Riley in the foreseeable future. I don't think the way he played Christ. Yeah. No, and I, I mean, I was looking on Twitter after the game and reading a little bit about it, and someone had tweeted out, um, and they had asked Keith in the uh, interview after the game. It was like, "Are you ever gonna play Riley and Sandine again?" He's like, "No, I don't see that happening." So, <laughs> nah. I mean, I, I think he nailed it right there, Bradley. But, um. I mean, yeah, it was just shocking. But can we talk about bunting for a minute? I mean, we talked about him last podcast, and he just keeps doing it. What, did he have another goal on Wednesday assist. night? He got the assist. Sandine scored it. So, I mean, a yeah. little bit of a plus for Sandine. But, uh, yeah, bunting, <laughs> bunting's having some kind of year. So, um, hopefully they turn it around this weekend um, and figure it out. And I think Campbell's getting the start. So, 
Oh, surely he's getting the start. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. a couple of days off um, helps him out. But like Sykes was saying, you know, in our group chat that we've got, I mean, why are the Leafs playing? I know they had a night off, but why is Morazic going back to back nights? Um, I mean, there's something wrong with Campbell that we don't know, or, you know, they're just trying to switch it up. You guys have any insight on that or? Well, if, if Campbell's playing tomorrow, then there's really nothing wrong with him. You know, I think speed, it was just Mar- I think it was just Morazic played better against Detroit. Yeah. Instead of Campbell, simple as that. And do you but, think um, because it was Washington they beat two nights before Buffalo. They lost to Buffalo, right? Five three, yeah. I think it was. And then maybe they just started Morazic because they're like, ah, oh, it's Buffalo. Oh, because of the win. Yeah. yeah. We should we should we should have this one and we'll we'll rest up um Campbell for the Canucks the on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I want to go back to uh Bunting for a second there. Um he uh he, he actually played um junior hockey in the Sioux. Um Sheldon Keefe was his head coach at the time and Kyle Dubas was the general manager of the Sioux at the time. So um, that was a really good under the radar fine for them. Um, he didn't, Bunting really didn't get much of a chance in the Arizona system and he's coming to Toronto and um, it looks like a genius pickup for them. But, um, you know, speaking of Kyle Dubas, um, we're sort of, you know, the last couple of weeks, have really not been good for Toronto. There, there's a lot of question marks around the team. Goaltending is a big question mark. Um, you know, with Muzzin going down, there's, um, you know, question marks around the defense and, um, or do they add another forward? I know they've been looking at guys like JT Miller and we've talked about that on the podcast before, but, um, you know, we're two and a half weeks away from the, the trade deadline. And with uh, kind of all these questions here around the team, it kind of puts Dubas in quite a, predicament um what do you guys uh, see him doing he's got you would think he has to do something at the deadline right like i think his, his job looks like it's on the line like especially if you don't get a first round win after all these moves it's like yeah. you either have to blow up the core four or let dubas go as i see it if they don't make it out of the first round and i mean the, t- the tough thing you know with blowing up that core four is they're all great hockey players but who's like who's going to take that contract or what are they you know what could the Leafs get for that um in return I mean the big guy that they would probably give up would be Nylander no or Marner Nylander or Marner I would say I always said Marner but the way he's playing this year I don't know anymore. yeah like I I'm a big guy who thinks Marner's overrated yeah but I can't argue with the way he's playing this year yeah, I mean, since his re- since his return, he has the most points in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, and well, and and obviously it won't be Matthews. No, um, he's kind of the face of that team, and it really can't be Tavares either, because um, they brought him in like you know as Toronto boy, gave him the the captaincy, and as much as he's kind of struggled the last few weeks, you know, you, it's hard to move that guy after probably all the promises they have made. To, him to, to get him to come it's hard to turn around and move him so it's got to be either Nylander or Marner and yeah you know I'd probably lean towards Nylander even though um 
I like him as a player, and I don't think he's really the the problem. Yeah, and I mean, st- sticking on the topic of Nylander, before we get into uh, some other games here, um, I mean, I saw a tweet today, and Keynes' favorite afternoon show, Leafs Lunch, guy loves it. <laughs> but uh, I guess I didn't see the episode or hear anything of it, but I guess someone on there had said, you know, why don't you trade Nylander for JT Miller? And I saw that tweet and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, Nylander for JT Miller? I, I, w- I would never do that. I mean, you know, JT Miller's a good hockey player, but is he better than Nylander? Can he, you know, keep doing what he's been doing over the last few years? I mean, Nylander's been fairly consistent, no? See, I was thinking the opposite. If I was Vancouver, I wouldn't do that. I'd take Miller over Nylander personally. Really? I think I think JT Miller can do it all. I think Nylander can just score. Yeah, J. So JT Miller, yeah, like you said, he, he does it all. Um, he's a he's a pretty good. He'd be a, a really good fit on Toronto. Actually, that's the exact type of player they need. Yeah, but right? I, I agree. I agree with that. But what is but Nylander you, the guy you give up or like? The, well, the problem is, the problem is you need him on that line with Nylander and Tavares, probably. Yeah, because then you're just if you trade him, you're just back having no one else on that right side. Yeah. Or left side, whatever. Yeah. But it's crazy. Before we move on, at the deadline, it's like there's this group of fans that are like, we need a defense, and there's a group of fans like they need a power forward, a group of fans are like, we need a top six, and a group of fans are like, they need a goalie. That's the issue in Toronto. They just, like, need apparently everything again. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, is crazy. It'll be interesting to see what Dubas does at the deadline. I mean, they definitely, like you guys said, have to do something um, because another first-round exit is just not going to cut it, and Leaf fans are going to be fucking pissed. So, <laughs> especially the way they're performing, they're playing like shit, and they're still like what two points back of first place. Yeah, that's fucking. I think, crazy. I think they're like fourth or fifth overall in the whole entire league. If I if I'm correct on that, when I checked the other day, but yeah, I mean, they've been struggling to do what they do best and put the puck in the net. Um, but I mean, you know, we could sit here and talk all day about the Leafs. Um, but let's look at this game that, you know, we were talking about it before we jumped on the pod here. Um, and we all pretty much said, you know, we expected this one to be a blowout. And it was the total opposite. And uh, the Avalanche lost outright to the Coyotes. Um, I mean, you know, my perspective, I didn't watch the game. Um, I checked in periodically uh, through the score app there looking at it. But Vejmelka, uh played unreal. Uh, I mean, I think he had 42 shots against him only letting up, you know, one goal against the Avalanche offense that has been arguably the best in the league. Um, I mean, McKinnon and McCarr both had seven shots on net, um, and they just couldn't get something going. Um, I mean, I want to hear what you guys have to say about that. It looks like Vegmelka has one of those games, like one in every two weeks, where he just stones the league. But Arizona seems to be that team who just has Colorado's number. Like they played, that was their fourth time they played. Colorado's won twice. One of them was five nothing. All right. The other one was in a shootout. Mm-hmm. And then the last game, Arizona won in a shootout. And this one, they won two one. Like, are you fucking kidding me? 
best team in the league and doing that close against Arizona's crazy. I didn't really watch the game. Arizona's an AHL team. Oh yeah, really. Like the like looking <laughs> look at their lineups outside of outside of Schmaltz and, and Castle, that's an AHL lineup. <laughs> like, I, and, Keller, and Keller, I'd give and Keller. Keller, yeah. What about Chicken? Like, give Chicken some love. Well, he's gonna be gone in yeah. a week and a half here. Well, so like Kessel might be gone too, but but yeah, yeah. like I saw, I looked at the lineup. Landeskog not on the first line. I really miss him, Labushkin. Move, <laughs> move him Richie, back on the Richie. first line. Oh, that guy's a stud, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, they got to move Landeskog back on the first line. I don't know what they're doing with that, but I think Arizona's just that team has their number, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think I did, I didn't watch that game, but uh, I watched some of the highlights of it and. Um, Good to see uh, McKinnon mucking it up there with Mayo. Um, you know, he, yeah, like he, he had seven shots on goal, McKinnon did, and, um, you know, couldn't get one past Vegemalka and a little frustrated. And um, it's nice to see that kind of chippiness in, in his game come out. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It, it's 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 funny that that they that's just a team that they can't, uh, they can't, get past or can't beat yeah and i mean now uh, another guy i mean he's had a quieter second half i think he's only got four points since coming back from the all-star break and you know being named first time all-star nazem kadri um i think he's only got four assists so uh he, he's yet to get going um but yeah that was just downright a shocking game to me um, me personally, like I said before, I'm a bet man and I took the Avs puck line against the Coyotes. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's, that should be a sure win. And I saw them go up one, nothing and then check the end of the game and it was two, one, they lost. And I'm like, Oh man, come on. But, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll, there's no issues there in Cal, um, not Calgary, uh, Colorado. I don't think so. They'll be all right. Um, but I mean, let's look at, uh, one of the hotter teams in the East. I mean, you know, they make a coaching change, uh, bring in Marty St. Louis. There was a lot of, you know, if, ands, or buts about that move. And if it was a good one, you know, no previous coaching experience in the NHL. Um, but, I mean, I think they've won, what, five? Like they're six and three, six and four with them. Yeah, I mean, and they come into Calgary on the road and um, they end up upsetting the Flames in overtime. Uh, pretty much in big part to uh, Nick Suzuki and Mike Hoffman, who combined for seven points total. I mean, big night for those guys. Um, but, I mean, what did you guys think? you guys check it out? or? No, I didn't watch the game, but I just saw the highlights and everything. As you said, Hoffman, four points. Suzuki, three. Maggiapani on the other side, three points. Just I kind of wish the Foley scored in the revenge game, but going to get it done. The Flames tied it late. And I was like, all right, they're going to win. They just lost in overtime. So, yeah, uh, Habs are too hot right now. <clears throat> Simple as that. Well, yeah, they're, they're hot. And I think it's because St. Louis getting them playing um, a little bit different style hockey. They're a little bit more fluid. And he lets the offensive guys kind of do do their thing and, and not really um, be stuck in such a rigid system. Mm-hmm. And the guys look like they're having a lot more fun out there. Um, and another thing, too, is Andrew Hammond. Um, since he's he's got traded to Montreal, he's three and zero 
the savior. Yeah, so he he might be the the Hamburger 2.0 here. If you're, <laughs> let me ask a question to both of you guys. If you're a Habs fan, are you happy at this turnout or pissed off? Because as they keep doing well, they're just moving up the draft board. Yeah. Well, I I, I think it, it's it's nice to see the promise from like looking at guys like Suzuki. Um, he he's really turned it around and and shown he can be kind of a that that leader that they need and you know that future you know top line center um, like a big piece for them and then um, you know Caulfield's turn it around as well so it's it's you know I I I would be more excited to see the pieces they have in place now are starting to kind of realize their potential versus that trade-off of, of that's pushing them higher up in the standings and not getting a higher pick. Like they'll, they'll still have a high, a high enough pick. Like they're not making the playoffs. So. Oh yeah. And I mean, I'll be that guy and say, I mean, I don't think this hot streak that they're on is going to last forever. I mean, um, I mean, I think they'll hit a bump and they'll go back to the way they were playing before, but um, like Keynes is saying, you know, I'm pretty sure they'll still have a pretty high draft pick and, um, yeah, what Suzuki and Caulfield, I mean, Caulfield, especially he's, he's loving it, uh, in Montreal right now, ever since they made that coaching change, um, he's been lighting the lamp pretty good. Um, but yeah, um, let's get, uh, well, the other, go ahead. Well, so just before we go to the next, next yeah. game there, the, the other thing too, with, with Montreal, that's going to bring them down is the trade deadline in a couple of weeks. They're going to start moving out some pieces. Like you'll probably see a guy like Petrie move and Ben Sherratt's gone. Ben Sherratt for sure will be gone. Um, and I'm sure there's a couple others that, that might go because they're, they're going to like a full scale rebuild. So yeah. I think um, naturally that will push them down the standings too. Everything always comes back to the Leafs. Um, I know that there was talk about at the deadline the Leafs trying and getting one of the Canadians defensemen. Was it uh, Petrie or was it Sherratt? I Sherratt. I mean, how, how yeah. do you think he would, like, I mean, if, if it does happen, I don't know if it will or not, you know, we don't know what the Leafs are going to try and do, but if they were to go out and get him, you think that would be a good fit for both teams? Like whatever. It'd be, it'd be an all right fit. I, I just, I think Montreal's asking price like they're looking for like a first round pick plus a top prospect or a high like a higher end prospect and I wouldn't trade a first round pick for for Sherratt. No. Um, like he's you know he's overslotted in in Montreal. Um you know and so ideally he's he's you know if he's your number 4 number 5 defenseman then you're you're blue line's in real good shape but you know i think you know if he's on your top pair you're kind of you're in trouble like you're not going to win with him there and those kind of guys like i wouldn't give up a first round pick for for a guy like that but no you know i wouldn't have given up a first round pick for felino last year so yeah you know. and I, i'm pretty sure he's still hurt with boston no yeah i think so he hasn't really played yeah so i mean but all right, boys. Well, uh, let's take a look into Saturday night's games here. Um, fairly big slate, but uh, let's stick to our uh, colors here and let's uh, just stick with three games. Uh, let's look at the uh, Oilers and Canadians first. Uh, you know, like we talked about previously, 
Canadians have been playing well this uh, last little bit, and so have the Oilers. Um, so two, you know, hot teams going up against one another. Um, I believe it's in Montreal. Um, oh, no, Edmonton, sorry. Uh, it's in Edmonton. Uh, Canadians are on the road. Um, but let's dive into this and let's see our predictions. Yeah, both teams have been doing hot uh, since their coaching changes. I think both goalies, as Kane said, Hammond 3-0 and and Koskinen has been playing well. I think he's like 7-0-3 or 6-0-3 something. Mm-hmm. McDavid and Leon showing up, of course. Montreal is showing their, their depth, though. Like they've been playing good all around, I feel. And Suzuki and Josh Anderson and Caulfield have stepped up. And then later on, like the third lines, Hoffman's been stepping up recently. And I think just based off that, I think Montreal I think Montreal is gonna win just based off. I think it might come down to that death pairing and maybe they'll shut down McDavid. It's hard, but if they can hold him down to like two points, I think they might win it. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go opposite side of the Bradley. I'm gonna uh I'm going to take the Oilers here at home. Um, I mean, there's no confirmation on goalies yet, but I'm looking at it and Mike Smith's expected for the Oilers. Who's, you know, not great. I mean, 3.53 goals against average this year. Um, And then don't mind me with the name Montembeau. Is that how you say it? Montembeau. Yeah. He, he's he's expected for the Canadians, and I mean, you know, his goals against isn't much better, 3.74. Um, I, I see this being, you know, with how the offense of the Canadians have been might playing. Might be another 10-7, 17 yeah, that, that, that's, that's exactly what I was just going to say is um, with, you know, the Canadians being able to score as of late, and, you know, like Brad said, McDavid and Dreisaitl, um, I see it being a score game, but, you know, I like the home team here. I mean, other than that, I mean, there's not much reasoning behind my prediction, um, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. Keynes, what do you got, man? Yeah, shit, I kind of have a, the tiebreaker here, eh? You guys, um, you know, picked each team. So I, I'm uh, I'm leaning towards um, Edmonton. I mean, it's it's hard to bet against McDavid and Drysaddle. Like, when they're hot, they're well, they're always hot. But, mm-hmm. you know, like – you never know, like like uh, McDavid can pop off for a six point night, you know, any any game against any team in in the league. So it's hard to say, um, you know. But I think it's probably a pretty good bet with, uh, uh, you know, that team in Montreal and that uh, that goaltending that they've got. Um, you know, as much as Montreal's been been pretty hot lately, um, I think uh, like we talked about a little earlier there that. You know they're gonna cool down eventually, and you know this might be the the game that does it. And I mean, I know I know Segs isn't on the pod this week, but uh, I'm pretty sure if he was to make a prediction, <laughs> he'd be going Oilers too. So, um, I oh, mean, he loves we'll, the Oilers. We'll, yeah, we'll we'll have, we'll have to see what he says. We'll uh, if we'll Montembeau if Montembeau yeah. <laughs> starts, I want to change my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. I mean, you know, it's still early. Um, but I mean, another game that we'll look at and we've predicted this one previously on the podcast and I think we were, we were all wrong. Um, we all took the Leafs. Uh, it's the Leafs and the Canucks. Um, I'll let you boys uh, get into this one first and then I'll give my prediction. Go ahead, Keynes. Okay. So yeah, I got kind of fucked on this game the last time we predicted it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I'm going to go the opposite. Now I'm going to take the Leafs um, in this one. Got burned that first uh, the first time. Um, I think that, uh, you know, as much as we talked about Toronto's goaltending situation with Mrazic and Campbell not uh, not playing up to, to par the last couple of weeks, um, I think that uh, they're kind of due for, for a bounce back. They've kind of regressed to kind of a mean where um, that's unsustainably low for them. And I think it's they're going to be up on the upswing here soon. Um, what better night than uh, Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada to, uh, to do it. I think that, uh, you know, um, you know, Campbell's in for a big game and then, and then, uh, you know, Toronto's offense kind of speaks for itself. Hard to bet against them, them either. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's hard to argue against, but I'm still, I still think Vancouver, I just think they've been playing way better than Toronto lately that Toronto is turning into the new Edmonton where after that first line, they're fucking gong show. And it looks like Vancouver's getting complete Demko. I don't think Demko have a fucking 50 save night again, but I still think he'll hold a minute. And I think, uh, I think Vancouver takes it just because I think they've been playing better lately than Toronto. Simple as that. Yeah. And I'm going to, I think I'm going to have to side with Keynes on this one. Um, you know, I, I like this spot for the Leafs uh, just for the sole fact, um, like we talked about earlier in their last home game against Buffalo, how they got just shelled at home, um, you know, max capacity and they're at home again against Vancouver. And I think there will be a little bit of a fire lit under their ass. Um, I mean, you know, I was watching the game and as always, there's a lot of coverage on, uh, you know, Matthews after plays and, you know, whatnot and he just looked pissed off man I mean you know I, I think he'll have a huge game um and like Kane said you know Cam Campbell's due to get out of this little slump that he's in um I mean I don't know if he's gone for a little bit of a slump buster while he's uh you know been sitting on the bench and <laughs> he'll, he'll figure it out against the Canucks but uh no I like the Leafs here um I think they'll pull it out low scoring game too you know good goalies um I don't see it being very high um, and then the last game we'll look at here, gentlemen, uh, is the Flames and Avalanche. And I mean, you know, I'm actually pretty excited for this game. Um, it's a 10 o'clock start Eastern time for us. Uh, I don't usually, you know, stay up that late now that I got the little one, but uh, I might tune into this one. Um, you know, two fairly good hockey teams going at it. So uh, let's hear what you have to say. So it's two teams that are trying to bounce back against some uh, not good performances like Flames lost to Montreal there. Um, and then uh, we talked about the Avs um, against uh, against Coyotes. Um, so I think both teams are going to have a fire lit in their ass. And um, it'll be a, it'll be a pretty, uh, pretty good game. I, I'm going to take um, Colorado in this one. I, I just, I like their, I mean, their, their whole lineup, like their top team in the league right now. And, um, you know, that offense is, so potent and their back end so potent and moves the puck really well and um you know just the the way they're they're built and i think uh you know looking at mckinnon there how pissed off he looked at towards the end of the game i think he's in for for a big one and and um yeah just their you know when that team when that team's hot and and you know pissed off uh, it's it's gonna be pretty hard to to stop them mm -hmm. 
I'm going to agree with Kane's on this one. I'm going to say Colorado, but I think Kemper has a great performance tonight. I think he's due for another one. I like that, yeah. I, I think Markstrom might uh, play well as well, but I just think Kemper, like he didn't play against Arizona. So he's got that extra rest in him. And as Kane said, like a pissed off McKinnon is scary. scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like he'll truck you in the corner, then roof his short side. But yeah, yeah I, I think Noah's uh, in too. <laughs> I, I think Colorado, but not so much a high scoring game. I think Kemper stands tall. Yeah. So it's a tough one for me. I mean, you know, um, I look at Calgary's goalie, Markstrom, and, you know, he's solid. Um, he, you know, struggled last game, but I mean, other than that, he's been fairly good this season. Uh, Kemper, I mean, on the other hand, has been. Good, but we, we've also talked about games um, and where he's just struggled and everything everything seems to go past him. So like Brad said, I mean, you know, if he's on his game and he has a good one, it'll work out. But uh, I'm going to go Flames just because I want to be different here. Uh, I'll, I'll take Calgary um, and see if they can keep it rolling. So um, I'm sure, I know, like I said this earlier in the other prediction, uh, Seggs isn't on there, but I'm sure that he would take Avalanche as well, no? Oh, 100%. Huge as, much as, as much as he loves the Oilers, he loves the, the Avalanche as well. Probably about more. Any any team that's that's uh, that's good, he's kind of the bandwagon <laughs> jumper. So. But, yeah. huge, huge Tampa guy too, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, out, out of those three games, I think that last one's going to be the best one of the night, but I mean, you never know. Oilers and Canadians might shock us. But, um, I mean, let's let's look at uh, something else in the sports world here. And uh, let's go to UFC. Um, you know, we do this quite often when there's a pretty big names on the card. And uh, there's two big ones here, uh, Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal. Um, UFC 272, you know, huge bad blood here. These guys were best friends. Now they've turned to hate each other. Um, so I think that fight's going to be crazy, but, uh, there's five total fights on the card. Um, but I want to dive into three of the more interesting fights that I think it'll be. And, you know, um, let's look at Edson Barbosa versus, uh, Bryce Mitchell. Uh, who are you guys like in this one? As you guys know, I don't, I don't want, I don't follow UFC that in depth. So when we make our UFC picks, I pretty much just say what Bleacher Reports thinks. <laughs> and uh they have two to one on uh mitchell winning this so you're going mitchell i'm sticking with br I'm going mitchell yeah i gotta agree with uh with brad there um, with bleacher report with bleacher report yeah they uh I, i'm taking uh i'm taking mitchell as well um barboza is a, a pretty good striker and probably the best striker that that mitchell's faced um, or will have faced in his in his career up to this point, um, but I think that uh, the the thing with Barbosa is is when there's a guy that can take him down, or there's always that that threat um, to to take him down. Um, his striking's not as effective. He he's he's a lot better striker when he can be more fluid and not have to worry about that and just you know turn the it really into a kickboxing match. Whereas he's not gonna be able to do that with with Mitchell, he's a pretty good uh, pretty good wrestler and um, works ground game pretty well and um, you know, but 
but Mitchell can also stand and, and bang with you too. But, um, you know, I think Barbosa's got his hands full there. Yeah. Two solid predictions. And I mean, I'm going to go the other side though. Um, I like Barbosa here uh, just for the sole fact that he's at plus money. Um, I mean, you know, who, do, who doesn't love a little plus money when you're, you're making a wager. Um, but you know, he, he's a little older, uh, well, not a little, I think he's quite older than Mitchell actually Barbosa is about 36, I think. Um, but he's experienced. Um, I mean, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter, uh, and he's a striker. Um, you know, like Keynes was saying, uh, it might affect Barbosa's game a little bit, um, because Mitchell is, you know, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. So he's going to try and take this fight to the ground, but I think if Barbosa gets to him early and lands a couple shots, um, it's going to affect Mitchell. Um, I know we were talking about this before the pod and we were looking into it. Um, Mitchell's record's 14 and one right now. Um, I think he's unbeaten in the UFC. I think that's why it's 14 and one. I don't think he's lost in the UFC. I'm not really sure. I was, I was confused about that myself, but if it is true, I think he does get his first loss in the UFC to Barboza here. Um, Barboza is two and four in his last six fights, so he has struggled. Um, but he's also fought some pretty tough guys. I mean, he went up against Poirier, uh, lost that one. But I like my chances here, and I'll take the plus money for the win. So we'll have to see what happens with that one, gentlemen. <laughs> um, next, we'll uh, we'll look into another guy who's been around the UFC for quite some time. Uh, Rafael Dos Anjos uh, versus, pardon me for fucking up this name, Renato Moicano. Um, I mean, I know quite a bit about Dos Anjos. I don't know a lot about Moicano, but I'm going to take Moicano this fight. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure that he's stepping in for someone um, late, so it's a little bit short notice, but uh, Dos Anjos, you know, He's 37, and he's shown in his last couple fights that it's getting to him. Um, I think, you know, he knows that he's near in the end, um, and, you know, he's proved himself, don't get me wrong. Uh, he's got a great record in the UFC, but uh, I think he's just trying to hold in there and, you know, keep going for as long as he can, and Morikano's trying to prove himself. Um, I mean, Morikano's a submission guy, uh, but then again, so is Dos Anjos. Um, he's got nine submission wins. Um, so I see this fight ending in a submission for sure, but you know, I'm not sure who you guys are going to take or what you've looked into it, but I wouldn't count out the old guy. Uh, I mean, he's got 10 submissions, so this fight will end in a submission because they're both going to go to the ground. Well, I'm, I'm going to go the opposite there. So I'm going to take those años. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm going to go with him getting a knockout. Oh, not a submission. Complete opposite. in this in this one here. Um, the reason being that, um, as much as Dosianos is a submission guy and, and he's he's good on the ground, yep. you know, high level black belt, everything like that, he also can hold his own, you know, standing and banging. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's a lot better striker than Moicano is, and Moicano historically has. You know, I think he's got four four losses, and all four of them are, are knockouts, I, I believe. And so, you know, not the greatest chin on him. And um, I think that uh, Dosianos 
um, you know, this is a five round fight. So once it kind of gets swearing into the, the later rounds, I think probably like a fourth round knockout for Dos Anjos. Two out of three guys on Bleach Report picked Dos Anjos. So that's all I got to say about that. Really? That's that's what they said. It'll be they, know, they know what they're talking about, I guess, eh? I hope so. Or else I'm just looking like <laughs> even more of a shit house on this segment. <laughs> I mean, I, I know I know Kane said uh, fourth round knockout, but um like you said, with Dos Anjos' power, um with Morricano's submission ability, um I think it's gonna be tough to get into the uh championship rounds. I mean it'll be it'd be cool to see. I don't know what their average is on rounds, but I mean it'll be a great fight. But uh, the one that I want to talk about the most and the one that I'll bring up now uh, is the main event. I don't know if you guys watched the press conference at all or um, checked it out on Twitter or social media or anything like that. But uh, I tuned into it just because, you know, I was bored and didn't you know, know what to do. And these guys like genuinely loved each other. And now they fucking hate each other. Like I'm like I'm concerned about this fight. Like, I don't, I don't, I, I know, Brad, you're not a big UFC guy and Keynes, you watch it every now and then. I know you're going to be watching it tomorrow when you're with a couple of your buddies, but dude, this is going to be a fucking bloodbath. I'm actually tuning into this fight just because of the storyline. I think, I think you're right. I think these guys are going to come out fucking swinging. It's crazy. Get the guillotine out. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, me personally, I hate Covington just because he's a fucking prick. And I don't know if it's an act every time that, you know, he goes up and fights against a big name guy and he's got to be like this knockoff Conor McGregor and, you know, this is like, it's crazy. Um, I mean, you know, I was watching, like I was saying, I was watching the press conference and he was going at Masvidal for, you don't even talk to your parent or you don't even talk to your kids. You, all your money goes towards, you know, your ex-wife's, you know, child support and blah, blah, blah. And like, he's digging deep. I mean, I know, I know, you know, it might be staged and whatever a little bit, but Dana White said, he, I think these guys really do fucking hate each other. And I think it's going to be a short fight. Um, can I, can I make the prediction first before you guys, cause you guys can go more in depth. Yeah. Bleach so report. <laughs> first off the press bleach report, all three of them, said Covington by decision. They think it's going the whole distance. That, you know, to be, to be honest, that's, that was what, and weird we talked about this before the podcast. Yeah. That's what I took too is, was uh, uh, Covington by decision. Um, <clears throat> I think that, I mean, Masvidal is a good striker and um, the better striker of the two, but Covington's a better wrestler and his whole game is, is taking you down wearing you down and, you know, mm-hmm. get you in the clinch up against the cage and, and wear you down that way. And um, he's, he's pretty good at staying out of, out of range. Like, I don't think Masvidal is going to get too many, like it's going to be such a short window for him. Um, Cause like to, to get a, a knockout or really kind of let his, let his hands go. Um, because Covington's going to be on his ass, either on his hips, trying to take him down or, or clinch with them and, push him up against Gage. So hopefully Masvidal, um, you know, I don't like Covington <laughs> at all either, but I think, uh, you know, just objectively look at it. He, 
uh, Covington's probably gonna, gonna win this one. And I mean, I know a lot of people are saying Covington. Um, I've only watched a couple of his fights. Um, I know he's progressed over the years as a fairly solid fighter. And, you know, like you said, Masvidal's got some serious striking. Um, but I mean, before I, I, well, I already said I'm taking Masvidal, but a little fun fact there. Colby Covington actually said to Dana White, he doesn't want any money from the pay-per-view to fight Masvidal. So Masvidal is getting all the pay-per-view. So Masvidal, through the whole um, press conference yesterday, was just like, uh, you know what, Colby, sell him the pay-per-view. Sell him the pay-per-view because he's getting all the money. And he, he, he's just doing it because he hates him. He's like, this is a fucking beef that we got to settle. So I like, you know, the way that Covington's probably going to fight. Um, he'll, he might stay true to his colors, but I think if Masvidal – rocks them once or twice it's, it's gonna be a brawl um it'll be interesting to see you guys are both saying decision yeah yep yep i'm gonna say ooh, obviously masvidal the win but i kind of want to go masvidal tko in the uh in the second round do both of I, you guys have different picks in all three me and canes yeah yeah, we do. Jeez. Uh, he, yeah. Oh. <laughs> nah, that'll, that'll be interesting. I mean, okay. it, it's going to be. Yeah, I'll make the group chat interesting. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact all the boys are going to be tuning in because you guys said that you're tuning in. I know Segs will tune in. Um, I'll definitely be watching. Um, but, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to talk about on, uh, on the next pod on Wednesday. But uh, before we get out of here and – I'll let you guys get on with your evening here. Bradley, you want to uh, talk about the NFL a little bit here? Yeah, so uh, earlier this week, the Colts filed a a rule change to the owners and to the NFL to change how overtime is conducted. To essentially put it into Spark Notes terms, they essentially want the other team to get a possession even if the first possession is scored in a touchdown. And I think, uh, I mean, the Colts lost two games in overtime in the regular season. Maybe that's why they're fed up with it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so just a couple couple stats here. I think I counted 25 games went to overtime last year. 11 playoff games since the other rule change in 2010. Ten of those teams who won the coin toss won. So that's kind of shit odds for – yeah. a playoff game off a of coin toss but like what do you guys think do you think they'll ever change it like baltimore said they filed for a rule change the year before but theirs was kind of weird they filed the spot and choose system and essentially whoever wins the coin toss would choose where they want the ball and then the other team chooses if they want offense or defense and then it's one possession if they stop it that team wins if they score that team wins so I just want you guys – I know that's not happening because it didn't come in this year, but I just want your take. Like, do you think it should be a one possession each overtime, or do you like it the way it is? I'll, I'll go first here. Um, I think it should change. Um, I mean, you know, like you said, a lot of a lot of games have come down to that, and it's, you know, a lot of teams have lost tough games because of this rule. So I, I like the one possession each. 
Um, I didn't know about the Baltimore um, that they filed for that. I don't like that because it's like you can pick where you want to spot the ball. Obviously, there's, you know, circumstances to that. You can't set it up on the one yard line, obviously. But I mean, like to an extent, um, it's just not fair that way. So I see why that got declined. I mean, there's a better chance that this one will get approved, especially if more teams come forward other than the Colts and say, you know what? Yeah, this has to happen um, because I mean, but then you look at it, right? It's like a team scores a touchdown, another team come back and scores a touchdown. What do you do after that? Do you go, it would, is, they, it just, is it just a field goal? Just, just they, sudden they, death after that? Yeah, they said it would be sudden death after that. Okay. If that were which, to happen. Which, I mean, which, which is fair because each team's got their opportunity. So um, I think that's the big thing. It's like, you know, each team should have a chance on offense. Each team should have a chance on defense. I mean, I know my New York Giants don't have to worry about that because they fucking suck. But uh, <laughs> other teams that are, you know, <laughs> fighting for a playoff spot. And, you know, I think there was one or two teams coming down to the end of the regular season that had the chance to make it into the playoffs. Their game well, went the, to overtime and they lost, right? The very last game of the year, the Raiders versus Chargers went to overtime. And whoever won that was going to the playoffs. Oh well, yeah, because there was that, but there if, was that big if they, scandal, right? It was like yeah, if, we get if the they tied, yeah. if they tied, they both would have made it. And then the Chargers coach calls a timeout. So then the Raiders are like, "Fuck this guy, kick a field goal, see you later." <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I I do like that rule change. I think they should at least you know give it a shot. I think it'll be more successful. It you know get the teams more involved in overtime because. I feel like overtime in that sense, they're like, well, you know, they have one big drive. They get down to the 15 yard line. They're like, well, this is the game. Right. So, I mean, Keynes, what do you think? Um, yeah. So I, I think that. It, so if you look at any other sport, hockey, basketball, you know, baseball, like you get to showcase in overtime, like both your offense and defense, right? Like where, you know, like football is kind of so so structured where like it's offense or defense and then, you know, the other team gets the ball and, and you go back down the field. Whereas in these other sports, it's dynamic and the, the possession's always changing and, and play never stops, things like that. So um, I think it's only fair that, that uh, you know, this rule change would, would be beneficial that, um, you know, you could showcase both your offense and defense, not just relying on one or the other um, to, to win you the game. Yeah, I'll, I'll send my comment. I like this as well. The flip side of it, what people are arguing is that they don't want it to turn into college football where there could be like three overtimes. Yeah. I guess they, they want less ties and shit. But as to contrary to your guys' points, you like both offense and defense. Do you like this system better than what the CFL does, where you just put it in the red zone and then see what happens for each team? But see, you know, touching on that, um, I think college football is the same as the CFL or fairly uh, fairly similar. Yeah, they They both put on the 20 or 25, and then both teams get a possession, whatever happens. The people saying, you know, coming back and saying, well, you know, we don't want to see, you know, two or three overtimes. 
I don't think you would because, you know, they're still starting in their end, right? They got to bring it all the way down the field. I could see if, you know, you're starting in the offensive end and, you know, you're on the 20, 25 yard line, they're going to score touchdowns almost every time. It's going to be automatic. You'll be there all day. But I mean, I don't see that happening. Um, I don't, I don't really follow the CFL much. Um, I don't really think it's football, to be honest. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's weird, man. It's uh, what do they have? Like three, is it three downs? Three yeah, downs. three downs. Yeah, the Grey Cup was pretty good until the <clears throat> overtime with the mini games. I thought it was a shit show, but yeah. So I, mean, I actually, I, have... I actually don't mind watching the CFL though. It's kind of nice because, like the know. the three the three downs, it kind of forces the quarterbacks to to pass more. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. I I like it. See That's... now, all right. I know we're running low, but here's my last question: If the Chiefs Bills game which was a fucking unreal game, didn't go to playoffs, would they be talking about – or didn't go to overtime, would they be talking about this or no? I don't think so. Just because people wanted that game to keep going. Yeah. They, they didn't they, – yeah, they, like you said, they didn't want it to end. Um, well, there was a lot of games in that – in the, the playoffs this year that they didn't want to end. Yeah, and then you watch like, the Green Bay 49ers game. What a shit show. I wanted that to end after the first fucking yeah. quarter. <laughs> but – yeah. Well, I'm a big Niners fan, so I had to. Uh... But yeah, I I hope that rule. I actually like it as well. So we'll see what happens with the owners. Like... Yeah, you never know. Um, I mean, hopefully it does. But yeah, I mean, that was good shit right there, boys. Um, I mean, you know, we'll have Segs back on uh, Wednesday there with us, so the, the full squad will be be in effect. Um, but you know. It's all. It's always a pleasure uh, taking this time and shooting the shit with you boys. Uh, again, you know, if you're tuning in, we appreciate you. If you're gonna tune in, um, you know, we appreciate you guys as well. Um, make sure you follow us on our social medias: uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, and then obviously where we upload these podcasts, our YouTube channel, and Spotify. Um, but I mean, if you boys have nothing else to add, uh, I'm all good on this end and. We'll see you guys on uh, Wednesday there. See you then. Have a good one, boys. Have a good one. Yeah. Versace, Versace, Medusa head on me like I'm Numenati. This is a gated community. Please get the fuck off the property. That must be changing because I'm at the top and then no one on top of